This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday and I'm a little freaking crooked right now, I think. I'm trying to straighten out my camera. There's no Hulkamaniacs here. I thought you were a Hulkamaniac. I'm not a Hulkamaniac. I am no fan of Terry Bollea. I think that's that's a widely known freaking fun fact that I'm no fan of the Hulkster, brother. <laughs> I'm not wearing his colors. I'm wearing the red and orange tonight of the Bernie Sanders. Because it's Prime Day, and we're going to hear what Bernie Sanders had to, had to say on Prime Day. Plus, a U.S. Olympic athlete wants to burn the American flag at the podium in Tokyo. Apparently, she's just like an alternate or something, so she's not even going to make it. But right-wingers are still throwing a fucking hissy fit over it. Another TV news personality has uh, claimed on air that they are going to expose their employers by going to Project Veritas. We have the footage. Hey, the cop fired for mocking LeBron James was offered a job. It was on OAN or Newsmax or one of those things. Happened live on air. That's going to be fun. Plus so much more like Dave Chappelle. Covering Radiohead. That is not something... That is not something you hear every day. But starting off the show tonight, first off, first off, do you remember on Friday we had a man in the chat by the name of Rusky1977? And uh, he ran his mouth the entire time the other night. Turns out he is a content creator, and there's actually videos of him on the internet. Now, he had some choice words to say about my friend Sparkles. He made fun of her weight. Now, tell me something. You think this man right here has any room to make fun of anyone's fucking weight? God damn! Right-wingers have zero self-awareness. Not a one of you understand your place in the world. Projection, please feel embarrassment. You have the audacity to get on my stream and call Sparkles fat when you look like this. Holy shit. See if he's got some uh got some knowledge to lay on us. Is this thing on at all? He doesn't even know how to use his mic. <laughs> I am getting fat, but like, here's the thing is Sparkles and I, we know what we look like. We are fat and jolly and we wear our pink shirts looking like twinsies to the burger place. Arizona, ABC 15, uh, politically charged officials create. And we love eating ourselves stupid and then coming back and and taking gigantic bong rips and watching comedy. That's what we do. That's that's how we spend our Friday nights. The different um, 
Oh, is the cat is it went on there? Is the cat actually in his yeah, room? It's, it's essentially the video. So it's we're just getting watch keyed video. out, or yeah, is it part of his browser? I don't know what's going on with the cat. Biscamine of ABC 15 News in. But this is Rusky. So now, now that I found out that he is a content creator, if he comes in here running his mouth, I'm not going to pay any attention to him unless he gets into the Discord or he gives us a call nine one seven eight three zero four three five nine. The phone lines are open. I do not. I ate the last of my brownies like yesterday. I'm. I do not have any brownies prepared. I have uh, Nutella and graham crackers. That's what I snacked on yesterday or last night or whatever. <laughs> but I did. I did have salted caramel brownies just the other day. Rocky Flame. I'll tell you what's good. Fucking salted caramel brownies. Also, what was good was Miss. Opal Lee getting invited to the White House for the Juneteenth celebration. Oh, d- Tones, what number are you giving me? Are you telling me to call somebody? Yes. Do we do we have somebody to troll? Who are you telling me to call? Because I'll totally troll somebody. No, I will. <laughs> Is Dan Badondi live? Like, Tones has posted a phone number, and I'm like, I'm scared to just throw it in and, and call because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Need a little context, but I'll totally... I'll totally call whoever it is. Like, hey... I'm Justin Freakin. This is the Troll Patrol. Argue with me about some shit. Who the fuck are you? It is. It's Badondi. Is that what you're saying? Oh shit! Let's go over to. Oh, sorry, Opal. He is indeed live right now. Is he taking calls, though? Needs to go after us patriots. Us patriots. So, I, I'm sure the, the militia groups would have loved to go in there and wipe them people out. The, the problem with Dan is that he usually doesn't take calls until later. Black doesn't stand a chance in hell against the militia units. So I want to point that out there. So, you know, all the NFE, those um, 400 black guys walking around with guns. Oh, Tones, you're a, you're a digit short. You guys can't hold the damn rifle away. Well, it's the point of militia group. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. Off the, I called it the other day. But they can't. Because Nine, they seven, eight. Instead. Sick man. It really is. I just pray for peace. All ah, fuck. I had to switch you know, my phone. Shit. The George Soros and them. George Soros, have we got our bingo cards ready, guys, from Echoplex? I was, that's what I, I've switched my, uh, I've switched my call service since then, since the last time I called him. The Proud Boys have like a militant group themselves, and, uh, there's some hardcore people. But I guarantee if it was equal opposition. I don't think you, I don't think you would take my call, though. But the Proud Boys hold their own, man. Uh, every time they, you know, go face to face with Antifa. 
Antifa will number them, but they hold their own. Ah, uh, <laughs> they hold their own against Antifa. I'm looking for a 978 number, right? They're a bunch of cowards. There's been a lot of times the Proud Boys destroyed them. So moving on, guys. Um, we're going to go to break in a minute. House GOP will press motion. Oh, shit. I'm not seeing it at all. From committee as Dems tried to head off civil war over crimes against humanity comments. So House Republicans, led by Minority Leader Representative Kevin McCarthy, will press forward with the privileged resolution to strip Representative Ayman Omaha. I'm looking for nine seven eight, right? I don't see I don't see a nine seven eight number in my call logs in either of my numbers. Going all the way back to like when I, I called Ben Martin. Israel to terrorist regimes, Hamas and the Taliban, but God, they are going to get Representative Omar killed. I fuck. It comes out to say that. She's sticking up for, um... And that was the same thing. When I had my argument with, with Matt the other day, the Don't Unfriend Me guy, just because of my free Palestine flag that he saw, he called me an anti-Semite. Now, the entire conversation, he was concerned that I was insinuating that he was a racist. I never brought up race not once. But he said it multiple, like, oh, you people try to call us racist, blah, blah, blah. But yet he was able to fucking mouth anti-Semite at me very easily, just like he was able to call me a child rapist. But also dismissed from her uh, job. Period. Then she'll pull out the racist card. Oh, you know, like, I supported the Jewish politician. What's my number again? Nine one seven eight three zero four three five nine. To defend, unreal man. So you got top Chinese kind of. Intelligence official defected. We may we'll check back in with Dan at the end of the show, and we'll if you if you guys remind me, I might try to wrap up because I get hungry. Well, that's what the people come for. They they come for me to get my blood pressure raised and start yelling at people. That's my bread and butter. That's my selling point here. So this is Miss Opal Lee. Dubbed the grandmother of Juneteenth, she was invited to the White House over the weekend. I've tried to be friendly with Dan. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be friendly with me. We didn't get into a yelling match last time I called in, though. Like it was pretty civil. Like he knows who I am too. So it's it's not like I'm just some jabroni to him. All right, so Miss uh, Opal Lee. Made her way to the White House for the Juneteenth celebration over the weekend. Let's hear what she had to say. It's the pen that President Biden used to sign Juneteenth into law. I'm Opal Lee, and I've had this marvelous day at the White House. The oh, that's fantastic. It's off the chain. I knew I was coming. Off the chain! Juneteenth had been made a national holiday, and the president was signing the bill into law, and I was invited to the signing of that bill. Looking out across this room, I see the advocates, the activists, the leaders who have been calling for this day for so long, including the one and only Miss Opal Lee. Over the course of decades, she's made it her mission 
to see that this day came. She's walked for miles and miles, literally and figuratively, to bring attention to Juneteenth, to make this day possible. You cannot imagine how joyful, how humble, how magnificent the whole thing has been. There may be some of you who don't know what Juneteenth is. The enslaved in Texas weren't told they were free for two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation freed them. They watch in their churches and they pray for freedom to come. And it finally did when General Gordon Granger and 7,000 colored troops from New Jersey and New York made their way to Galveston, Texas. And he read General Order Number 3 that said all slaves are free. When those people came in from their labor and somebody read that to them, we started celebrating and we've been celebrating every step. Juneteenth is not a Texas thing. It's not a black thing. We're talking about freedom for everyone. Oh yeah, that was a neat little piece. I'm glad I grabbed that. White House also announcing the countries that will be receiving vaccines. 55 million donated COVID vaccine doses. Which is part of President Joe Biden's pledge to share 80 million shots globally by the end of June. Roughly 41 million doses will be shared through COVAX, a humanitarian program run in part by the World Health Organization that aims to distribute vaccines fairly, which it doesn't seem like it has, which will allocate approximately 14 million to countries in Latin America and the Caribbean, 16 million to Asia, and 10 million to Africa. I think letting the intellectual property rights go Letting countries manufacture their own was the route to go, but no, we've got to protect the companies and go through this stupid bureaucratic bullshit in order to to get people life-saving medicine. Kovacs' goal is to make hell yeah core. Kovacs' goal is to make 2 billion doses available to countries in need by the end of the year. So far, about 88 million vaccine doses have been shipped to over 131 participants. Democratic representatives were asked about their thoughts on big tech today here on Amazon Prime Day. Thank you, Chairman Cicilline and uh, Chairman Nadler, for your tremendous leadership. And to all of my bipartisan colleagues who are here today, this is a big moment, I think, for many of us. Um, I'm proud to be the vice chair of the Antitrust Subcommittee, but also someone who represents a congressional district that has long been a global pioneer, innovator, and leader in technology. Before I talk about our historic, necessary, and bipartisan legislation, I just want to remind you of three moments that helps set the stage for this particular bill that I am introducing. So correction, I said asked about the the press conference on it. Amazon's associate general counsel about the tech giant's use of third-party seller data to create products that compete with sellers on their platform. Under oath, 
he said, we do not use any of that specific seller data in creating our own private brand products to compete with businesses on Amazon's platform. But nearly a year later, the Wall Street Journal published an investigation that showed that to be a lie. Amazon has been using data from its own independent sellers, small businesses across America, to launch competing products. In fact, a former Amazon employee told our committee that it was, quote, a candy shop where everyone can have access to anything they want. When it comes to using seller data, and in July, I asked Jeff Bezos about this anti-competitive practice, and he did not deny it. That brings me to a second moment, which occurred on the same day. Using their marketplace to usurp other people's creations, designs, ideas, and then sell it on Amazon to put these little guy out of business. Rest to Sundar Pichai, the deep urgency we feel to protect independent journalism. We already knew that Google makes most of its revenue by selling advertising. But what became clear and data. is that the tech giant has total control of the ad market. Put another way, Google is running the marketplace while also acting on the buy side and the sell side all at the same time. That's not Exactly. The buy side and the sell side. They are selling our information to companies and then allowing companies to buy access to sell us ads. It's fucking insane. Of interest, it's also a monopolistic practice with no regulation. It hurts the free press, it hurts small businesses, and it hurts competition. And that takes us to Facebook. Beyond I'm not asking high enough for this shit. practice of copying, acquiring, and killing rivals, I asked about the work that Facebook is doing to address the hate speech on its platform. Zuckerberg essentially said the company is too big to care. What was clear then is that the heart of today's life... We've noticed the integration uh, with Instagram that Facebook has recently undergone. Apparently that's something about how they're trying to keep the Facebook synergy and shit and keep you from going to other platforms. Legislation. These unregulated tech giants have become too big to care and too powerful to even put people over profits. So now, this is the moment where, in a bipartisan way, we are introducing legislation that allows Congress to regulate these marketplaces so no companies have a platform so dominant that they are monopolies. Not only is self-regulation by big tech patently ineffective, it also comes at the direct expense of consumers, small businesses, local communities, the free press, and workers. So the Ending Platform Monopolies Act is a structural solution to a structural problem. It eliminates the conflicts of interest that arise from a dominant platform's ownership and reach across... I've talked about this on the show before. Like, I wish that there were some open source platform that we can do that was like that was like Amazon. But the problem with that is, is you don't then have Amazon's marketing team. You don't have Amazon's algorithms and everything. So I don't, I don't exactly know what the solution is because one of the things like right-wingers bitch about getting kicked off of this, these platforms because they want access to all the amenities that comes with being on these platforms. YouTube's fucking ad sales team. They don't have to go out and sell their own advertising. If they're on YouTube. If they get kicked off YouTube, oh, they've got to go do the legwork themselves and that's what they don't want. So they claim they're being censored. No, 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 no. I want access to that those those sales teams and the marketing. Multiple business lines. And it ends a dominant platform's ability to leverage its control to disadvantage competition. 
makes it unlawful for a dominant online platform to simultaneously own another line of business when that dual ownership creates a conflict of interest. And it requires dominant platforms to divest lines of business where the platform's gatekeeper power allows it to favor its own services or disadvantage rivals. I am so excited that we have this moment to reassert the power of Congress with Thank you, Representative Jayapal. To rein in anti-competitive behavior, prevent monopolistic Sounds like fantastic and legislation. fairness and competition, all while leveling the playing field and allowing innovation to thrive. And now, I believe I'm turning it over to Lance. Will it get any Republican support after all the saber rallying they have done about big tech? I doubt it. Because uh, just because Democrats supported it. Right, so here on Prime Day, we hear from Bernie Sanders, who had a special message for Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Of Amazon is to get as much productivity out of us for as little compensation as possible. On one of the biggest shopping days of the year, some Amazon workers are striking for change. On Prime Day, people are talking about the deals they can find, but this is also a good chance for people to think a little bit about how those packages arrive. We're being treated like we're prisoners. Who's dare to get a job done? What is the rate that you have to hit? I have to pick 332 items per hour. Lots of workers do feel like they are disposable. Because of the competitive nature of the work. Of course you feel like you're disposable because you are. Stress and injuries. The fact that when you get a 30-minute break, it takes you 10 minutes to get to the break station and 10 minutes back. Workers can lose their jobs if they don't work fast enough. At one warehouse in Baltimore, The Verge reported that Amazon terminated 300 full-time associates in a one-year period between 2017 and 2018 for inefficiency. My knee messed up on me while I was at work, and then they sent me right back to picking. In orientation, they talked about safety. That was the number one thing. We're actually really proud of the working conditions that we provide. It's a quality, safe, comfortable work environment. And you get there. And that's forgot. The way that we work is meant to mentally break you down. Amazon also has patents for a GPS-enabled wristband that could track workers' movements and breaks. You guys have a gadget on you that follows you all around or something? Amazon workers are under attack! What do we do? Stand up right back! In April, the National Council for Occupational Safety and Health identified Amazon as one of a... Where are the right-wingers talking about the tech tyrants on this one? 13 deaths since 2013. Well, I'm incredibly proud of the safety record of our sites. We now have documents that reporters have uncovered showing that Amazon is, in fact, aware of drivers peeing in bottles. And the issue of, um, of working conditions... I'm very proud of our working conditions. These people, in the name of the convenience of Jeff Bezos, is very proud of the working conditions. And abused because it's peak season. Tell him, kill him, Mike. Wow, Jeff Bezos is proud of the working conditions at Amazon. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the reasons why the petition. To stop Amazon founder Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth after his space trip has reached 40,000 signatures. A petition is calling to stop Amazon founder Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth when he goes to space with his aerospace company Blue Origin in July. 
Billionaires should not exist on or Earth or in space. But should they decide the latter, they should stay there. The person who started the petition on change.org said, Oh shit, it looks like it's been taken down. Oh no, it's it's because I'm on a VPN. I'm sorry, I can't give you guys... Try to give you the URL. Look up Bezos' petition. The petition has been up for a week and currently has 40k signatures. To see the Earth from space, it changes you. It changes your relationship with this planet, with humanity, Bezos said in a video announcement. He said he has been wanting to go to space since he was five years old and he will be going with his brother, Mark Bezos. I was just awestruck, his brother said after Bezos invited him to join. Wow. Ah, shit. They're not talking anymore about the petition. Bezos is taking the journey on July 20th, just a couple of weeks after he plans to step down as Amazon CEO. Back to here on Amazon Day. Actually, overseas in Germany, Amazon workers call for a strike on Prime Day in Germany. Germany's second largest trade union, Verdi, called Sunday for Amazon warehouse workers across the country to go on strike today as the retail giant launches its annual Prime Day. In a statement emailed to Motherboard, the union announced a strike at Amazon warehouses in German cities of Warren, Leipzig, Rheinberg, uh, Bad Hersfeld. That's a fucking cool name. I want to live in Bad Hersfeld. Koblenz. And Grabenen, beginning on Monday and ending on Wednesday. Amazon spends millions on advertising and earns billions in sales on the days of the Prime Day promotion. A representative at Verdi said the workers in the warehouses have to cope with a high influx of customers and don't even receive a cent for the increased workload. The profits only flow into the profits of the group and its shareholders. The strike is the latest in a series of similar actions spearheaded by Verdi. March, Amazon workers across Germany went on a four-day strike. They also went on strike during last year's Prime Day in October of 2020. Workers' grievances range from low pay to poor working conditions, especially during the pandemic. Back over here in the States, an Amazon worker has claimed that she is homeless because she can't afford New York City rent with the $19 an hour she's paid. An Amazon employee who works at the company's warehouse on Staten Island in New York City said she lives in her car in the building's parking lot because she can't afford rent in the city with the 1930 she makes per hour, according to Vice News. Natalie Monarez, 51, has been homeless since 2019 after struggling to find affordable permanent housing while working for two other Amazon warehouses in New Jersey that paid her even less. Jeff Bezos donates to homeless shelters for tax write-offs and PR. 
He needs to know that some of his own workers without family or a second income can't afford rent, she told Vice. Rents in New York City have fallen about 12% since the onset of the pandemic. It remains one of the most expensive places uh, to live in the country. The median asking rent for a one-bedroom in New York City in June was about $2,500. Amazon did not respond to Insider's request for comment on this story. Now, Good Guy California steps up, and they are actually doing something really cool. They've agreed to pay off unpaid rent accrued during the COVID-19 pandemic. California will pay off the accumulated unpaid rent that is piled up during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the AP. The move would fulfill a promise to landlords to help them break even while giving renters relief. Now that is what a lot of people propose the Obama administration do during the housing crisis of 2008. And they didn't. They actually give homeowners and renters the money, let them pay their bills, and that keep the bank solvent. Instead of just giving the banks money, letting CEOs do whatever they want, out fucking dividends to their shareholders and then fuck the little guy foreclose anyway a little over 2% of people in California who have applied for rent relief during the pandemic have received it state has accrued 5.2 billion from various federal aid packages to pay off people's rent which should be enough to get the job done this according to Jason Elliott a senior counselor to Governor Gavin Newsom. California has been slow to distribute the funds. The state has received $490 million. I mean, not like there's a crisis going on. No reason to hurry, guys. The state has received $490 million in rental aid, and they're, sl- they're slinging their dick around talking about how much money they got from the feds. Hi, homo. Happy Pride. Clean their dick around. Talk about how much money they got from the Freds. But, oh, we're going to be slow to actually dole it out to anybody who actually needs it. Only $32 million of the $490 million has been paid out. But not including the 12 cities and 10 counties that run independent rental assistance programs, according to the AP, but, 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 but state officials also haven't yet decided whether they'll extend California's eviction moratorium, which is set to expire shit in like nine days. Newsom and lawmakers are meeting privately about the issue, but there are disagreements as to how long the moratorium should last. My opinion At least another year, because we ain't through this yet. At all. I have a feeling we are going to be hitting lockdowns and drastic measures come October, November of this year. I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. I went out and I had a burger without a mask. 
I forgot my mask. I would have wore it in if I if I had remembered it. But hey, I'm I'm fully fucking vaccinated. This is the first time I've been out without a mask. It felt fantastic. But it's going it's going to be like fleeting moment in time. Extending the moratorium would give the state enough time to distribute the funds to pay off unpaid rents, which might not be possible to do by June 30th. Sounds like a no-brainer to extend it then. At at least extend it until, like, fucking the end of the year to make sure we don't have a flare-up and have to go through all this shit again. That's that's my thing is like the all through this is like other countries they guaranteed people a basic minimum income. Pandemic was going on that they wouldn't be kicked out of their house. You had people just hanging on by the seat of their fucking pants. It's it's immoral. Also immoral that states are trying to end the unemployment federal extension. But Indiana has been sued for cutting off the federal benefits. Collecting federal pandemic unemployment benefits. Indiana will stop taking part in the federal program next month. It's one way that state leaders hope to help businesses find workers. But experts we've talked to. Help businesses? Who gives a shit? Fuck your... Businesses are doing just fine, I assure you. You want, like, fuck low-wage workers to go work minimum fucking wage at McDonald's and shit. That's who's hard up right now. Fuck them. Say there are multiple reasons for the current labor shortage, including child care. WRTV's Cornelius Hawker learned for some families the decision... And yeah, the child care. That's another thing I don't even think about. ...down to protecting the lives of their children. Like many families across central Indiana, the Greshes have faced challenges during this pandemic. It's been a balancing act all year with kids and work, unemployment, bills to pay. The extra unemployment pandemic benefits from the federal government really helped this family that depended on income from a heart... Helped a hell of a lot of families, kept the economy going, brought people out of poverty. People traveling for business and for pleasure and people going to large events like concerts and i've said it i've said it a million times giving poor people money is good for the economy giving poor people money is good for the economy you look it up look it up right now i dare you if you if you do not believe me that's why i think every american should be guaranteed three hundred dollars in food stamps I think you should get your $500 a month, $1,000 a month spending cash to walk around with. I don't understand how people play Monopoly and don't don't get that. You would think it's unfair if everybody didn't start with the same amount of money and get their fucking $200 every time you pass go. And still, and still a Monopoly people dominate. There are people that are born in this country, like, already in debt. And sporting events. But they haven't been living lavishly by any means. We were barely getting by with, to begin with, when you factor in our medical expenses, mortgage. Business has picked up for Tyler. The extra unemployment benefits were helping him stay afloat, but those will be gone in a month. 
Governor Holcomb is ending all. Some people have already had their benefits stopped by the states. Encourage Hoosiers to get back to work. Families like the Greshits say it's not that simple. What is getting back to work for you, and how does that look in regards to your family's health? My daughter, who's at high risk, would be completely susceptible to um, getting COVID. Harper is seven and has Down syndrome. Studies have shown those with the genetic disorder are at greater risk of being hospitalized or worse if they catch COVID-19. Annie and Tyler have been able to protect Harper and their 11-year-old Holden these past 14 months. Aww. But the end of federal unemployment benefits could mean the end of their setup. Good night. We're left between a rock and a hard place when it comes to both of us going back to work and having childcare. The Greshes are sharing their story because they want to work but wish the unemployment benefits could continue at least until kids younger than 12 can get vaccinated. It's not us being lazy. It's us being practical and us being safe. Yes. So we're, not, we're not asking Holcomb to. And it's, it's sad that you have to be paraded on the fucking news for this kind of exploitation to make your case. People to understand the human impact of the policy. Fuck. Extend anything. We're just asking him to not cut it short. Working for you. Queen yeah, it's already a federal guarantee. It should be illegal for the states to stop it. Now, the drought most of the country is seeing here is I am being drenched by I did not think I was going to get to do a show because it was storming most of the day, but it cleared up. The Gulf Coast hit by a tropical storm. But most of the country is seeing a drought intensify to extreme. Looking at maps in Illinois. We have a lot of our soybeans. This wasn't the article I thought it was. Still, it illustrates how fucking hot it's been. Damn it. I'm sweating right now. It was uh, over 100 degrees before 8 o'clock out in the west last week. Speaking of hot, Satan himself is wearing a tan suit today. And he gave his thoughts on the For the People Act on the Senate floor. Now, Madam President, on another matter, as I've noted before, Senate Democrats entered June with an agenda that was designed to fail. I love how somebody could be listening to the podcast of this, and I didn't actually say his name, but everybody knows exactly who it is after I said Satan, and then they heard his voice. The Democratic leader planned votes on a host of the left's most radical priority. I am definitely not high enough for Bitch McConnell. intended to clear the Senate's appropriately high bar for advancing legislation. Instead, the failure of their partisan agenda was meant to show somehow, somehow, that the Senate itself was failing. For months, our colleagues built anticipation for the failure. They even started previewing the latest argument they've made when it happened Apparently, the same Senate rule a Democratic minority had used with abandon 
was now somehow a racist. Now listen to him, listen to him. This overwhelming, overwhelmingly popular piece of legislation that even people in his party support. The Democrats brought forward just so it could fail and show everybody how dysfunctional the Senate is. Yeah, yeah, Mitch, yeah, Condi, yeah. How dare he wear a tan suit in the Senate chamber? Let's get back to Mitch McConnell uh, accusing. This is always the thing. This is the thing about the don't unfriend me dude. He kept like making comments about how Democrats are accusing him of being racist. I never even brought up fucking race. Anything about race. He's the only one that touched on it. And his only comment was, don't you think minorities are stupid because they can't get fucking uh, uh, ID? Isn't that the Democratic position? Seriously, that's, that's the only mention of race in our conversation. Abandoned was now somehow a racist relic to be abandoned by a Democratic. Oh, now we're talking about the filibuster. Yes, it is. In the end, one particularly radical proposal took priority. S-1 is the same bad bill it's been since the House introduced it. They had a fucking conference to try to kill this specific bill. Partisan motives. But ever since Democrats got the election outcome they wanted last fall, we've watched our colleagues actually update the rationale for their latest partisan power grab. Was, Was that the outcome they wanted to be tied in the Senate? Like they lost seats in the House, didn't they? I don't. I want to say that they lost seats in the House this past election, and and to barely win the electoral college. Honestly, it was only like three hundred thousand votes, four hundred thousand votes in a few counties would have swung it, despite the fact that almost eight million more people voted for Biden. Ugh. States must be stopped from exercising control over their own election laws. So, Madam President, the arguments here have one big thing in common with the ones our colleagues have deployed against the filibuster. That we look back at history? Claims of racism. Remember, the last presidential election saw the highest voter turnout in decades, even amid a once-in-a-century pandemic. And African-American turnout was twice as high in Mississippi as it was in Massachusetts. That's how unpopular Trump was, despite all Republican efforts to stop people from voting. But when Georgia passed targeted updates to its election laws based on lessons learned during the pandemic-era elections, Democrats trashed the bill as, quote, a redux of Jim Crow. They misrepresented its content so wildly that even left-leaning fact checks repeated. You can't, you, you, no, 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 you can't deny but by then, these bills were more hoops to jump through to try to prevent people from voting. Soon, any state that dared to deviate from unique pandemic-era procedures faced summary judgment. It's a very good point, Tones. Outrage. It has the same to matter that the facts tell a different story. The bill that led Texas Democrats to exercise the rights of a legislative minority... I'm pretty sure that uh, A.G. Cameron signed on to that lawsuit to try to stop some... Some of the states from certifying expanded early voting for general elections was passed by a Republican legislature and signed by a Republican governor. 
In my state of Kentucky, the expansion of both online registration and early voting this spring passed on a bipartisan basis, and a Democratic governor signed it. Democrats will continue to insist that S-1 is a response to these state laws. Not to Kentucky, no. And we're starting to see... It was passed in a bipartisan... ...now for S-1 can be flexible. We're talking about Florida and Georgia where these weren't bipartisan. Arizona, Texas, these laws weren't bipartisan. Mitch! ...is among the sticking points, keeping the Democratic caucus from uniting behind S-1. Some Democrats have started indicating, well... They've had a change of heart. Now, I would commend them for coming around to common sense positions on that issue that 80% of Americans already support. But one supposed compromise among some Democrats bears more than a passing resemblance to the partisan power grab their party has touted for years. It even introduces its own disastrous new liabilities like a proposal to automate redistricting that is certainly constitutionally dubious. Oh, yes, that's exactly what I want. That is exactly what I want. I mentioned that not that long ago, that there has to be a way that we can let a computer algorithm, because it's just based on population, take a population, break it up, and how to create congressional districts so that we take politics out of it and they're fair and we stop having extremists. Which concocted crisis Democrats choose as justification for their top legislative priority actually doesn't make much difference. They've made abundantly clear that the real driving force behind S-1 is a desire to rig the rules of American elections permanently, permanently in Democrats' favor. But, but, But the laws that you guys are passing aren't trying to rig the election laws in your favor permanently holy shit McConnell is too much wonder if he's checked in with his co-leader of the Republican Party Donald Trump lately apparently uh, Maggie Haberman was on CNN and she has an opinion that uh, that Trump is getting ready to be indicted. President Biden back from his first overseas trip. Democracy. Yes, democracy is rigging it for the Democrats. And so much of what came out of it has been put in juxtaposition with the meeting between Vladimir Putin and the last U.S. president, Donald Trump, where Donald Trump said that he believes... Where's me a right-winger to come in here and be like, Russia Gate! ...for the current president. Joining us now to discuss CNN political analyst Maggie Haberman, Washington correspondent for the New York Times. Uh, and this was a very different summit that President Biden had than what President Trump had. And I'm curious what the reaction in Trump world is with so many people over the last 24 hours saying, well, this certainly wasn't Helsinki. Right. And, and remember, in Helsinki, they were next to each other, Putin and Trump. Biden and Putin held separate press conferences after this summit. This is the event that I would say. Yeah, they might have as well have been like jacking each other off while they did it. The fact that he's not president anymore, right? I mean, this was the kind of event on the world stage, getting enormous attention that he really enjoyed, that he saw as one of the trappings of the office, that he felt really spoke to a sense of power and strength. There was also some complaining 
from people around Trump about uh, President Biden's exchange with Caitlin Collins uh, yesterday when she yelled out a question and he uh, sort of got snippy in response. And their complaint is, if we did that, it would, you know, be a huge complaint. Um, that is true. On the other hand, um, Joe Biden has not called the press the enemy of the people, so this is not an equal thing. But I think that there was just a... It was. Well, I mean, I did cover him uh, snapping at the reporter. president and not Donald Trump. Trumpian... FOMO, I think, is what is what the kids Kinda, call it. Yeah, basically, yeah, that was that was a good coinage, um, especially this early in the morning. Well <laughs> so, as part of that, he apparently felt the need to talk mm -hmm. last night to go do an interview, and he talked in an interesting way about. Are you Sparkles? Sparkles has a habit of when we go out in public, she barks at people. So I'm very honored to say that my endorsement means more. That she gets kids out of the way. Endorsement that has ever been given by anybody. I'll be working and getting a lot of great people elected. And then uh, we'll be making a decision on 2024. But if you look at the numbers, uh, people are liking me more now than ever before. I, there are a few districts where Trump is absolutely, he, like, he'll have the mildest touch, but overall, it will be like the kiss of death for any candidate he supports. the Republican Party. It really seems to matter to him. So I think two things are going on, John, and I don't think that they can be taken uh, away from each other and seen separately. One is Without any other Americans, without any transcripts, it's crazy. I can't believe that happened still to this day. record in primaries throughout his time as president, and so I think that he wants to keep that going but remember this is all taking place as he is facing the prospect of an indictment in manhattan from the manhattan district attorney we know that uh, there could be charges against uh his chief financial officer alan weisselberg in the coming weeks we apparently weisselberg has not flipped or anyone else at the company could get charged and so i think when you look at how he's talking about his political future a i was struck that he didn't say anything about you know the unfair election the way that he has before in that interview unfair being his word not mine um but also i think that it is he is missing a level of protection that he felt like he had when he was in the white house some kind of if not actual full immunity some level of a belief that people were not going to charge a sitting president i think that he is talking about keeping his political options alive because he sees it in part as a shield against what could be coming that's interesting do, do you have Oh, absolutely. What have you well, and as fundraising, he has no other way to make money. That presents it in a new he is a toxic brand, so doing now his licensing his name the way he used to is just over. Fears may happen. Look, what he's doing in terms of preparing for a possible indictment is he is holding a lot of meetings at Trump Tower. There was a picture the other day. I, every like, we, like his crimes and his violations of the Constitution, I can just go on and on and on and on. That's one of the reasons why I'm a buddy. The don't unfriend me guy. Like, he called Trump a great president. Like, he just wanted me to validate him and give him something. You know, acknowledge his position somehow, and I wouldn't do it because, like, I'm sorry, dude. Anybody that thinks that Trump was a great president is an absolute fucking moron. And I have no respect for you whatsoever. You are a dumb motherfucker. And I did indeed call you a motherfucker that time. He organized an insurrection on the Capitol. He fucking like, well, I could go on and on and on and on. From the time he got into office, he just shit all over the Constitution. He acted like a fascist. And he needs to pay the price for it. I Unfortunately, I... If there are any consequences, it's probably just going to be some kind of slap on the wrist... 
I still kind of stand behind my statement. He's probably going to go broke fighting his legal battles, and that's that's the that's the solace that we're going to be able to take out of this. But his his one money train is to continue to tour around, do his rallies, and try to raise money for the possible 2024 run. From Trump Tower, which I was surprised it took that long for somebody to see he was there. He's been there for many weeks, going back and forth between his club at Bedminster, New Jersey, and Trump Tower. Uh, He is preparing to describe this as a quote-unquote political witch hunt. I think you've heard that before, and I think you will hear a lot of that if the the hits forward as the prosecutors have given every signal that they're going to it is going to be a very familiar playbook but again i just don't think that you can disentangle these two things he's taking meetings in trump tower haberman seems like certain that he's getting indicted he's meeting meeting with advisors he's meeting with his sons who you know were running the company while he was uh, the president uh he is meeting with his own attorneys he is there this is a a, not the I, only so book. the thing about like he, he can't do real estate scams anymore because he's got no source of income Deutsche Bank has cut him off that's a, that's the last of his funding there's no way he can do real estate scams so his other source of income was licensing his brand putting Trump on fucking buildings he didn't actually own he, he licensed it licensed it to Trump fucking stakes Trump this Trump that blah 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 well his brand is toxic now so he can't make money that way the only thing he can do is go and hold rallies and try to raise money for certain fucking like future political endeavors. I think that's the only scam he's got left. And I don't think there's a lot of lawyers willing to work with him either anymore. He has a toxic brand. I I I I don't know what he can do in terms of like real estate focus of attention but it is a focus of attention um finally one thing happened yesterday that i think is worthy of note. he hasn't been able to get loans in the u.s for fucking 20 30 years its investigation also dropped any uh you know types of uh, of censure on former national security advisor john bolton for the publishing of his book mm-hmm. um did trump win here though i mean it, it's clearly he was trying to stifle bolton from from publishing he did stifle him he wrote but did trump get what he wanted out of this uh, I don't actually think Trump did get what he wanted out of this. I think that when this prosecution was uh, initiated, I think the idea really was punitive. And I think the idea was... And there were people within the government who also felt like they had to set that precedent. It wasn't just, you know, do what Donald Trump wants. I think he won only in the sense that some officials around him won't now have to testify about what they... Well, as, as producer Dave always says, there's nobody to root for here. No, it would have been awesome to see John Bolton go to jail. To he deserves to go to jail. Not for writing a fucking uh, book, though. President Trump would see this as a win for him. I think I think Trump is deep, deep in the hole. That's why I think he's in financial trouble. So Jen Psaki, press secretary for the White House, held her press briefing. She was asked about security concerns surrounding Trump rallies going forward. Follow up. Uh, President Biden's predecessor is going to return to his campaign style rallies in Ohio this coming weekend. Uh, has anyone from the administration reached out to Governor DeWine or anyone in Ohio's government about the possibility of violence uh, resulting from uh, his return? DeWine is possibly facing a recall in Ohio. Going back out there and continuing to insist that the election is fraudulent uh, and that he actually... I, I don't think he has money, man. I, I think I think he's in the hole. 
Obviously, we take um, the red. Oh, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's put on the uh, combat uh, boots. Say the, the word. The former guy. I got my yeah, like I got my yellow vest in there, ready to go, guys. Uh, as everyone should. Uh, but I don't have any. And the revolution uh, will be televised. I'll take my fucking camera out there. Line. I will see if there's anything from our homeland security team to read out. Go ahead. Thank you. You mentioned that supply going back to the vaccine announcement was the main was not the constraint. It's logistics. Yeah. On June 4th, Gail Smith said that they expected the balance of the 80 million, this 55 million, to come from. So not really any fun there with the Trump comment. But she did have a bit of a viral moment when a fly landed on her head. A la Mike Pence. Uh, go ahead. Thanks. I think there's a fly on your head. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. At least it's not a cicada, I swear. Those things are... Okay, but I, I do have actual questions. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I was like, is there breaking news? But she's, yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you talk- yeah, there was a crazy video of the cicada, like, dive bombing Biden last week. Apparently, the crypto markets are taking a hit today. I don't know if they bounced back. I saw the report earlier this morning. I don't know if they bounced back throughout the day. You guys know a hell of a lot more about that shit than I do. Trying to get up to speed. Another local news reporter has announced live on air that she will be exposing her employers to Project Veritas. This is April Moss, a meteorologist. A meteorologist. Like, what the fuck story was she working on that her employer was silencing her? A meteorologist says she's going to go. Good evening, and thanks for watching First Forecast. I'm meteorologist April Moss, and happy Father's Day. Today, we saw temperatures above normal again, topping out. For those of you listening on the podcast, she looks exactly the way you think she would look. 85 degrees at Metro Airport. Plenty of sunshine today, but all good things must come to an end, and that starts as early as tomorrow morning with showers moving in around 8 a.m. And speaking of a brand new week, I will be sitting down this week with Project Veritas to discuss the discrimination that CBS is enforcing upon its employees. Tune in to Project Veritas for my full story. Now, later Monday, we will see those showers continuing through late morning, but by evening, we'll see dry conditions and more comfortable temperatures as well. Did she say Monday? Are we already, is this already available? Whoa, pillar, pillow puncher, pillar, pillar puncher. That's a lot for me to read. Okie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. When you get to where you're typing that much, you just need to call in 917-830-4359 or hop in the Discord. Oh yeah, I I assume she has been fired. Has to.
This isn't it. I don't fucking know. April Moss. I want it because, like, I was so let down by the last reporter. Oh, sorry, Adam. I know you're long-winded, man. <laughs> oh, shit. I want the I want the Project Veritas. I want there. Well, I'll see if I can find it and we'll play it tomorrow. God damn it. I like I get that, but I also like the courts ruled Donald Trump was like 300, 400 in debt, probably because we don't actually know his real finances. I think he's a scam artist. I think he's he has inflated his worth this entire time. I I think it will. I don't think he has a way to scam money anymore. Like other than the rallies and shit. I think that I think that he is actually going to die broke and destitute, and that's that's the closest thing to justice that we're going to get. I don't think he's actually going to see a jail cell. He'll probably be indicted. He'll make some sort of fucking deal. He won't see a jail cell. But going through all these legal battles, he doesn't have liquid. Like you're right. If he wasn't if he wasn't facing all these charges, he would be able to skate by and live the same lifestyle. But because he has all these legal battles, it's going to take real cash, liquid cash. It like he he doesn't have it. He doesn't have anything that he's going to be able to put up for the lawyers. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to jail. Let, let's turn him into the gulags. I'm down with it. I really wanted to see what she had to say, especially as a meteorologist, what she had to say about her employer. Because the last, the last woman that what, worked for the station in Arizona, she did not impress me. They were uh, in Veneron or whatever the fucking uh, COVID miracle cure was. They weren't letting weren't letting her talk about that. Fucking nothing. What this headline right here? Yes, it is very grim. I do not, I do not like it, but I, I bring it up to prove a point that goes with our next story. Since nine eleven, military suicides dwarf, dwarf the number of soldiers killed in combat. The research compiled by the Cost of War Project at Brown University found an estimated thirty thousand active duty personnel and veterans who have served in the military since 9-11 have died by suicide. That is an astronomical number. But I mean, there's there's a plethora of reasons for that. Let's talk about the fucking sexual assault 
that's rampant within the military, the hazing and abuse that's rampant within the military, just its authoritarian nature to begin with, when the fact that, like, I think a lot of people go in, they go serve, they have these noble ambitions, and when they come back and they realize that they were lied to and that all they were doing was serving the ruling class and the oligarchs, it crushes them. It's such a sacrifice to be for an absolute lie. And that's why you have the flip side of the of the coin. You have people like my friend Matt who have to defend their military service and have to like, they want you to commend them for their military service because they need that validation. They can't accept that they were over there fighting against freedom, taking freedom away from other people on behalf of our fucking multinational corporations. Majority of the deaths are among veterans who account for an estimated 22,000 of the suicides during that period. Trend is deeply alarming, the report says. The increasing rates of suicide for both veterans and active duty personnel are outpacing those of the general population, marking a significant shift. The Department of Veteran Affairs releases information on deaths by suicide, but it does not distinguish by conflict. The report's author, Thomas Ben Suit, took the VA data and estimated the total number of veteran suicides based on their ages and other factors. A total number of 5,116 active duty service members have died by suicide since September 11th. Figures for the National Guard and Reserves are not available for the first 10 years, but from 2011 to 2020, an estimated 1,100 National Guard and 1,600 reservists have died by suicide. said the number 30,000 is likely well below the actual number of suicides for active duty and veterans. He believes one of the reasons the numbers continue to climb is indifference by the American public. I think that's the last thing that's causing suicides to climb among veterans. What? Blame it on us? You're going to blame the shitty fucking policy on us? For veterans to come home to an uncaring civilian population or to an uncaring public, that must be devastating. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. We give preference, hiring preference, to veterans. They get free health care. I felt sympathetic going into this, but now that one statement has pissed me the fuck off. I think the reason is something more along the lines of this next story. Ahmed Karzai, the former president of Afghanistan, says U.S.'s legacy in Afghanistan is total disgrace and disaster. I think that has a lot more to do with the number of suicides. just And, and just the fact that fucking war fucks people up. The military fucks people up. 
Just by its nature, military training breaks you down as a person so they can build you back up. Are you telling me that doesn't have psychological implications? Hello, you're going awfully dark over here, dude. Former president of Afghanistan, Hamid Karzai, lambasted the U.S. in an interview published on Sunday saying it had failed at its mission to bring stability and fight extremism since the war in Afghanistan began nearly 20 years ago. In an interview with the Associated Press, Karzai said the U.S. and NATO troops being withdrawn from Afghanistan are leaving behind a disaster. Well, I went into this story agreeing with Karzai. He's right about it being a disaster and a legacy of whatever, what? Legacy of total disgrace and disaster. I agreed with that, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't fucking pull out. What the fuck are we going to do being in there another 20 years? The international community came here 20 years ago with this clear objective of fighting extremism and bringing stability, but extremism is at the highest point today, so they have failed, Karzai told the news agency. I need to point out, like, Karzai was not an Afghani. He was a U.S. citizen. I think he worked for a fucking oil company or something. That's the reason why Hamid Karzai was fucking president of Afghanistan, so I'm sure to him... Flourishing economic development is a win, and that is the only suitable uh, uh, outcome for Afghanistan. Anything else in his mind would be a failure. We recognize as Afghans all our failures, but what about the bigger forces and powers who came here for exactly that purpose? Where are they leaving us now, Karzai asked. Answering his own question, Karzai said his country was being left in total disgrace and disaster. However, Karzai said he wants the troops. He said he wants the troops to leave. I think it means to leave. He said he wants the troops to leave so Afghans can pursue peace, saying it was time for them to take responsibility for their future. Okay. We will be better off without their military presence, the Afghan leader said. Thank you. Yes, Hamid Karzai. Exactly. Why the why do the why don't the presidents fight the war? Why do they always send the poor? I've fucked up some system of it down there. Despite leaving office in 2014, the AP notes that Karzai still carries a great deal of political influence in Afghanistan, is often at the center of the country's politics. Well, he's the U.S.'s puppet, so that makes perfect sense. Now, from U.S. atrocities abroad to U.S. atrocities domestic. Remember a couple weeks ago when we did the stories about the uh, unmarked graves in Canada? Well, Vice reminded us, hey, there are many unmarked graves of indigenous kids at U.S. boarding schools, too. So let's keep that in mind. Shortly after a First Nation in British Columbia, Canada, confirmed it found the remains of 215 indigenous children buried under a former residential school, news of more sites just like it started to surface across the country 
and in the United States. Because, of course, think we didn't get in on that shit? According to Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which investigated residential schools and their ongoing legacy, about 4,100 children died in Canada alone, and experts think the figure is actually closer to 15,000. Now, indigenous folks are expecting a similar reckoning to unfold in the U.S., which operated its own school system that was similar and often just as brutal as Canada's. There were at least 367 boarding schools across the U.S. run by the government and churches operating from the 1860s to the late 1970s. Like in Canada, the point was to forcibly assimilate indigenous people who were subjugated, subjected to sweeping sexual and physical abuses and harsh punishments for speaking their languages and expressing their identities. In both countries, architects of the residential and boarding school systems notoriously sought to kill the Indian, save the man. The number of children who were killed or went missing during the U.S. boarding school era is unknown. According to White's uh, colleague James Postima, an English professor with Concordia College, Moorhead, Minnesota, there are already local calls to investigate sites in North Dakota and Michigan. Carlisle, Pennsylvania, the U.S. Army announced it is planning to return the remains of 10 indigenous children who died more than 100 years ago while attending Carlisle Indian Industrial School, open from 1879 to 1918, returning the remains to their tribal nation. I am worried about the extremists that are in Iran's government, especially they just had an election. It looks like the government's even more far right than they were before, but that's our fault. We're the reason, like, you know, that whole situation is fucked. It's our, it's totally our fault that they keep electing these nut jobs. We allow that to fester through our economic sanctions on countries like Iran. We make such a perfect bad guy for their politicians to rail against and use as a boogeyman. And a lot of them railing against us as boogeymen are probably on our fucking payroll. Because the U.S. is fucked like that. Oh. You're right, you're right. Iran, especially before the uh, uh, the uh, revolution in the 50s, was incredibly progressive. One of the, Tehran was one of the most progressive cities in the world. And there are a lot of young people in Iran that... Uh, you know, I had a friend that was Iranian. He fled. Makes country music. For some reason, like, got really pissed off at me about, you know, like, socialism or some shit. 
But you're exactly right. It's not a monolith. There are a lot of different coalitions, cohorts, just like any other country. All right, this is this is the story I've been waiting for tonight. I don't know anything about LeBron James, but apparently he's a pretty good basketball player. The the other revolution, not the first revolution caused by the CIA, CIA, the other revolution where they took the power. Cop who lost a job after mocking LeBron James has offered a new job. During a live TV appearance, this should be fun. I think it took place on Newsmax. Cities and towns are facing massive shortages of police officers and record... Hold on, let's go to YouTube and watch this. There's in record numbers, cops are leaving liberal cities or leaving policing altogether due to the Democrats' defund the police and their anti-cop rhetoric movements. Joining me now, former Bellevue, Idaho Deputy Mark... I want to try to make whatever joke the fucking... The Simpsons make a joke about the Shaw, but I haven't seen that episode in so long, I can't remember what the fuck... This is the dickhead cop that tried to mock LeBron James because trying to swing from LeBron's dick and get views. I mean, like, that's what I fucking do. I mean, I try to educate people and everything, but when when it comes to, like, the clips that I post, a lot of it is, you know, which, which person gets views on YouTube. Fucking, for some reason, Jeffrey Tubin got me a lot of views. Masturbating. Marshal Nate Sylvester, also with us tonight. That's what he was Sheriff trying to do, County, just get Arizona, views off Sheriff of LeBron. Lamb. Gentlemen, a pleasure to have you both. Nate, I'm going to start with you. We're going to get to your story here in a minute, but since George Floyd's death, many cities defunding their police departments, prominent That's not true. celebrities and politicians bashing the cops and ignoring or going soft. Things radicals say that I wish were true. Like, well, I can't remember what the tag group is. Like, that's not true at all. Most cities have indeed um, banded their budgets. I think one or two may have cut them slightly by 5%. We've not seen, seen this great defunding of the police anywhere. I don't know what these fucks are talking about. They live in fantasy world. On criminals. I'm hearing it's much, much worse out there than a lot of people know. What can you tell the folks? Ooh. Uh, well, it is a lot much. It's much, much worse uh, than people actually know. And the good news is that we're actually seeing. Some, he knows he's the one uh, committing all the crime. He's the one beating people up. They have um, pushed these defund the police efforts. He's the one planting evidence on people. He knows. uh, Citizens citizens in these communities aren't happy about it, and for very good reason, and they're starting to file lawsuits against the uh, elected officials in these municipalities that have pushed these defund the police efforts. Sheriff Lamb, you've uh, also dealt with a lot in Arizona. Officers seem to have their hands tied when it comes to doing their jobs, especially in the middle of riots out there. Three officers in Ohio facing criminal charges over allegedly using improper force against what the media calls Sheriff Lamb. With Democrats ready to stab officers in the back, is it any wonder that they're leaving the force in droves? No, not at all. And some of these cities are really going to struggle to find police. Look, it's well, then leave, leave. Good. Enforcement in Arizona. In my county, people are very pro law enforcement. But what you're seeing across. Go out, commit your crimes without that badge on. See what happens to you, fuck stick. If they can't get the defund narrative through, what they're doing is they're going after people, the cops for doing their job. 
You, what you have in Ohio is guys that did their job, and I don't know all the details, but it looks like they're circumventing the county attorneys and filing charges through special... Uh, I don't know which one, which of the many fucking police shootings in Ohio that I have watched this year are you referring to? I think there were two different children shot in Ohio, sir. It was that wild ass police encounter in Columbus in the, in the hospital. That one might've been a little justified. Which that's not going to help this, uh, this profession. Indeed, it's not. It's only going to help the criminals. Now, Nate, you were fired. The cops are the criminals. Twenty-seventh in part. I saw a statistic today. If you are killed by a stranger, one third of all deaths by stranger were from a cop. So, if you are killed by a stranger, you have a thirty-three and one-third percent chance that it was by a cop. TikTok video you posted, watch. LeBron, hey, yeah, it's me again. Listen, I'm out here at this disturbance call and there's a guy trying to stab another guy with a knife. What do you think it's- hey, I'm sure it's like copyrighted music. Okay, uh, well, they're both black. One guy's trying to stab another guy with a knife. The deadly force is completely just- I mean, like, uh-huh. he... I see. He got fired because he's mocking a citizen. You care if a white in his guy. uniform. On company time. I love how, you know, Colin Kaepernick was supposed to, you know, just do his fucking job. Sorry, guys. You're on your own. Good luck. Oh, man. That was brilliant. Now, you were mocking comedy. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Oh, my God. It was it was the fucking Mel Brooks shit up in here. It was brilliant. Holy fuck! Right wingers are morons. Oh god damn it! Tommy lover LeBron James, and you were also defending your brothers in blue, a man who saved one or two black lives by shooting a knife wielding black girl. Why did they fire you? Well, I, I was policing in a very liberal... Area. Oh, oh, he was mocking the death of uh, uh, Micaiah Bryant? Oh, my God. That young lady should still be with us. Every fucking excuse I've heard from the cops is bullshit. Oh, the mayor and city council members are registered Democrats, and they, they buy into this this radicalism that's being pushed by the left, and especially the the anti-police narrative, they're buying into it totally. And so when that LeBron James video uh, went viral, they weren't happy about it. They they learned that my... Police- He's on here talking about radicals with his own little fascist flag behind his little stupid head. Beliefs don't align with theirs, and they wanted me gone. Wow. Sheriff Lamb, you... You mocked a citizen on company... Fucking stories. on company time. Officers have all over this country. Now, if you were in charge in Bellevue... You Island, were on the clock! Making TikToks. Deputy Marshal Nate Sylvester go, and would you have any reservations about serving with him in a law enforcement capacity? No, not at all. And I'm not smiling because you got let go, Nate. I'm smiling because that was a classic TikTok video. Um, and Nate was speaking truth. Oh, yeah, he owned us. He owned all of us. Of the cancel culture. Because you're, fu- you're public fucking servants. 
You're not supposed to be bitching about what the public says about you, you stupid fucks. Talk about cancel culture. You're the ones with the power and you're whining because the public is trying to police you, which they have the right to do. Sure. They're afraid to to let their, their people speak truth. Um, we respect the First Amendment, even with our employees. All we ask is... You don't have First Amendment protection. It's the fucking opposite. You, as a cop, sir, have to be careful that you're not trampling on other people's First Amendment rights. He does not, in his uniform, with his badge on, have a right to make TikTok videos. I would say it's actually the opposite. That would have a chilling effect on LeBron James's speech. He is in the wrong as a government agent. He is violating the Constitution, sir. Fuck you. And I didn't see anything there that uh, would qualify as that. So we're hiring Nate. Come on down. We respect police. Uh, in Arizona, especially in Pinal County, no respect for this guys piece of shit. Afraid to go out and do their job. It took guts. What Nate did. What Nate did. No, it didn't. It funnier than heck. No, uh, damn. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, sh- <laughs> Sheriff. That's funnier than hell. Sylvester, guys, thank you for the service to the communities. When liberty. me. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. Hey, shut up, Rob. Oh. I'm having a bad day after watching this. Fuck, I'm not having as bad a day as this Florida State representative who apparently fell asleep on their little Zoom meeting. Oh, God, and didn't realize it was still going on. This guy forgets to turn off his camera during a morning Zoom call, revealing his belly in striped boxer shorts. And you won't believe who he is. He's a 62-year-old U.S. congressman from New Jersey, Donald Payne Jr. The look on the face of this Florida congresswoman says it all. She's completely shocked. The gaffe is getting bigger. Oh, that was taxpayers is a state rep. Oh, shit, he's an actual congressperson? Oh, my fuck. bed and putting some clothes on for work seems like it should be a minimum requirement. A Republican congressman tweeted. Wow. Earlier on the same virtual hearing on Homeland Security, Payne appeared fully dressed in a shirt and tie but at some point he slipped into something a little more comfortable a captain america t-shirt Payne's aide tried to silence fat shamer saying it's no secret that as a diabetic the congressman has his weight struggles Next i don't think that's what we're mocking here wear pants congressman Payne wouldn't comment on what happened only saying he's focused on his work <laughs> That happened. McCloskey's, who pled guilty last week, went to the gun store over the weekend. Despite having their weapons seized and pleading guilty to charges in connection with pointing guns at Black Lives Matter right right we're we're reading from Fox News. Pointing guns at BLM protesters on their private property during the summer of 2020, Mark and Patricia McCloskey appeared defiant on Saturday, posting a picture of a new AR-15 the St. Louis couple intends to buy. So here is the Senate candidate. 
At least he didn't pull a fucking tubing. And start stroking his tubing. The picture came just two days after the McCloskeys pleaded guilty to lesser charges and agreed to pay fines in connection with last summer's incident involving Black Lives Matter rioters who tore down an iron gate and ignored a no trespassing sign on their private street. Once again, we're reading from Fox News. The couple said they felt threatened and armed themselves before heading outside to warn off the crowd. Fox News also having a shit fit over an Olympic athlete's free speech. Because you know, oh, it wasn't Fox News, it was Newsmax, I'm sorry. I was about to, I was about to tie this back to the TikTok video, but I'm sure Fox News praised it as well. U.S. Olympic athlete Chelsea Wolf threatened to burn a flag on the podium. BMX freestyle rider Chelsea Wolf qualified as an alternate to represent the U.S. at this year's Summer Olympics. She said last year that her goal was to win. Now, this is a girl who qualified as an alternate. Being brought up, not in, not in a glowing way that, hey, she... When a spot is an alternate, no, 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 Fox News has to highlight the danger of her free speech. She said last year that her goal was to win an Olympic medal so she can burn the U.S. flag on the podium. This is what they focus on during a pandemic hurting trans children, Wolf wrote on Facebook. On March 25th, 2020, along with a link to a pink news story about the Trump administration's stance on transgendered girls in female athletics. Oh, wow. So this is a female Olympic athlete on the side of trans women? Who would have thunk it? I thought all these women were upset that trans people were taking over sports. My bad. I thought it was a scourge. Wolf identifies as a transgender woman. Oh, my bad. Wolf is transgender. Wolf told Fox News that the post, which has since been deleted, doesn't mean she doesn't care about her home country. Anyone who thinks that I don't care about the United States is sorely mistaken. I mean, she won a spot to represent us. Wolf told Fox News, One of the reasons why I work so hard to represent the United States in international competition is to show the world that this country has morals and values that is not all the bad things that we're known for. I take a stand against fascism because I care about this country and I'm not going to let it fall into the hands of fascists after so many people have fought and sacrificed to prevent fascism from taking hold abroad. As a country, as I'm sorry, as a citizen who wants to be proud of my home country, I'm sure as hell not going to let it take hold here, Wolf said. So there you go. Now, my... My thought process on the Olympics, which are coming up, what, in another month or so? Is that it's nothing but a collection of games that no one would pay to watch individually, and that's why they happen every every four years for the Summer Olympics. Winter Olympics. Every two years we get an Olympics. Oh, 
weightlifter to make history as first openly trans person to compete at the Olympics. Fuck yeah. So the very first, now the Olympics has allowed trans people to compete for like 20, 25 years. Not exactly sure. I want to say it's like all the way back to the 1996 Olympics. This is the first trans athlete to compete. Despite the fact that they've allowed it for decades. Laurel Hubbard will become the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics after successfully qualifying and fulfilling the organization's criteria for trans athletes ahead of the Tokyo Games this summer. I'm sorry, I was wrong. It was 2004. Transgender athletes have been allowed to compete in the Olympics since 2004. But up until now, there has never been an openly transgender competitor. Wolf that we just read about is an alternate. Hubbard, who will compete in the super heavyweight 87 kilogram category, previously competed in the men's weightlifting before her transition in 2013. The 43-year-old has met all the biological requirements for trans athletes as defined by the International Olympic Committee, which is incredibly stringent. All the people worried about trans people competing. The Olympics are incredibly stringent. A subject that has drawn controversy over the years, athletes must have undergone gender reassignment surgery, be legally recognized in their country as their chosen gender, and have had hormone therapy for approximately two years. They must also have tests to measure their hormone levels before competing. Hubbard, who rarely makes statements to the media, said, I am grateful and humbled by the kindness and support this has been, that has been given to me by so many New Zealanders. The last 18 months has shown us all that there is strength in kinship, in community, and in working together towards a common purpose. The manna of the silver fern comes from all of you, and I will wear it with pride. I hope that's not some Nazi bullshit. Silver fern, that sounds weird. Now, staying with sports tonight, I don't know what's with me in sports stories. Relating it back to Pride Month. All Mexico soccer fans are banned World Cup qualifiers because of homophobic chants at previous event. So, I've not seen the original clip. Let's go ahead and... So, photo shows U.S. soccer star Christian Pulisic silencing Mexican fans as a beer is hurled at his head. Fans broke out in a homophobic chant and threw garbage at the players on the field. This is what happened. Goal! In a match in which the U.S. has shown so much character, it's their first ever Champions League winner who played in the final, who answers the call in the very next final. USA 3, Mexico 2 in extra time. So they're chanting something. I can't tell what they're chanting. 
he is definitely motioning to them. And they're absolutely getting pelted in that corner, but what a confident strike here from Christian Pulisic. He drew the penalty kick, and he had nothing. He had, there was no hesitation in his mind. He might be the F word. Kick, and he executed it perfectly. Memo Ochoa guesses the right way, but it's just too much power on it, too much precision, and too much accuracy. John Brooks, he didn't even want to look at it. He watched it on the screen. But what a confident strike there by Christian Pulisic to put his team Christian Pulisic. I'm sorry I butchered time. your name earlier. I thought we could see him getting pelted with the beer, but they must have cut away. Oh, there it was. Took it right in the head. So that was the incident that got Mexican fans a ban. The fan ban is the strongest sanction ever taken against the Mexican national team, and there might be more on the way. FIFA is still investigating incidents that happened during the Confederation of North, Central America, and Caribbean Association Football Nations League games against Costa Rica and the USA earlier in June. Mexico fans broke out in a homophobic chant during both of those games, which forced officials to pause the games and issue warnings to the stands. The CONCACAFA... Whatever that acronym for the, the C-O-N-C-A-C-A-F launched an anti-discrimination campaign in March aimed specifically at combating homophobic chants, but it seemingly made no difference in the behavior of Mexico fans when the games came around. Yes, yes, that's another Happy Pride Month. The first openly gay NFL player came out earlier today. I bookmarked the story, but I'd already put my show together, so I didn't put it on the list. I figured it'd be a fun story to talk about tomorrow. But you're right, I'm doing all these sports stories, so it would have fit in here. Poor Lord, you might need to be my producer, dude. All right, you want some schadenfreude? You want to see a homophobe lose their job? Let's do it. To lose your job. Pride flags. Hey, hold on, hold on. Pride flags have painted over twice in Alcoa after video of woman insulting teens spreads online. The woman has lost her job. Alcoa, Tennessee. Have the actual video here. Looking for the news happening near you? Now yes, I am. I'm looking for the news right now. News app. When you open it, click here on near me at the bottom of the screen. I don't even know what you can ratings and teenagers photos or It's an ad on I don't know I don't know where it's coming from. It's at Wow. I was trying to find the original video here, but let's watch the news report. An update tonight, a woman caught on a widely viewed video using racist language and berating some teenagers for painting pride. Hawkins County crews are entering day seven in the search. What the fuck? The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation says. I, I, I can't do this news site. It's fucking with me here, guys. I don't know what's going on. On an Alcoa bridge, lost her job on Twitter. Well, good. 
confirmed that woman did work for the wellness center, but is no longer an employee. She was a fucking nurse. Said, we value and respect everyone in our community, and the actions displayed do not reflect the standards and values of our organization. Yeah, uh, in news, I do not like your website. It's not very functional. I can't click like they've got the the link to the Facebook post here. Actual video. See the woman. Let's see the Karen go crazy. Hi. What do you do? Oh, here we go. I'm coming over here, paying over your shit. You know why? Y'all aren't even different anymore. Y'all are all the same, trying to stand out. I could give a shit less what you are and what you think you might want to be and whatnot. You clearly give a shit, woman. You're coming out there. It looks beautiful. Rainbows are cool. I'm rainbow decked out my apartment right now. God damn it. But you're not going to go express it all over everything. I'm sick of hearing all of you. I'm sick of hearing all of you. You're sick. You're not going to do it. You, you about to lose taxes. your job. You're probably immigrant here. You about to what? lose your job. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, dude, was that offensive to you? Was it offensive? Too bad. We've got the bigot bingo card going on here. Taxes. I'm a grown woman. I have two kids. You're not going to put your shit all over everything all the time. It is. It's bigot bingo. We got transphobic, homophobic, we got racism. Like what? Work. Get a job. Go do something. We work oh, a yeah, lot. Oh, yeah. I bet y'all work. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bet you ain't working no more, honey. Found her pretty easy, too. Hi. Oh, shit. That was great. I'm glad we watched the original video. Yeah, what the fuck? She's a nurse. Where? Why isn't she at work right now? Come on. All right. So, over the weekend, Madison Square Garden held the very first capacity concert. It was the Foo Fighters. And for some reason... Dave Chappelle joined the Foo Fighters on stage to cover Radiohead. So let's take a little listen. Clearly this is news because this is the first Capacity concert in over a year. I checked. I'm not going to get a copyright on this. Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest comedians of all time. (laughs) He is not a very good singer. Now, it blew somebody's mind the other other day. This is actually, uh, this is a ripoff song. This is not, like, originally by Radiohead. Even Radiohead will admit that they ripped it off. It's a song by the Hollies called Air That I Breathe, and it's way better. The Hollies, quite possibly one of the most underrated bands of all time. Most famous for, like, a long, cool woman in a black dress, like that song. 
Fucking the Hollies. Badass. I'm a music head. Yes, the hard-hitting news. We did the hard-hitting news already. That's why we're going to bring it on home with a video of a veterinarian a veterinarian x-ray tech trying to get an x-ray of a bird. Indeed. In my opinion, one of the most underrated bands of all time. Just my opinion. I assume that's what you meant. This is a veterinarian x-ray tech attempting to get an x-ray of a bird. We have sound. That's a security fit. It's security footage, so we don't have sound. Oh, I'm not exactly sure what she's trying to do with the towel there. Poor bird. I want to know what happened. Did she eventually get it and be able to? Honestly, it's just startling the bird more and more. I feel sorry once it goes down in the corner. Like, it's it's scared. Poor little baby. All right, that's going to do it for me. If you are watching on Twitch, we are going to head over and say hey to the media winch. Fucking a bird will bite you. No matter what, they are body little things. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freak, and we will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.